our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, thanks for joining me today. I'm so happy you are here. Welcome, for if it's your very first time, and welcome back if you're here with me all the time. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of three boys, and I am a personal trainer, prenatal and postpartum specialist. I have a sports nutrition certificate, and I am just here with all of you as a fellow mom trying to make all of this health and fitness work for myself, for my kids, for my family, and especially doing it in and out of these seasons of pregnancy and postpartum and whatnot. So if you think that this does not apply to me or that I'm not always speaking to myself, that's incorrect. I'm always speaking to myself, and I very much so am in this topic today because, again, I'm, I'm through these seasons with you all the time, and right now I am about 10 months postpartum and still having to remind myself to stop hovering over the scale. So I'm going to talk a little bit about with clients first, but then I will share my personal um, experiences as well, just because I think sometimes that's the helpful part for you, seeing how it applies. But a lot of times when I start training a client, so and it's been over a decade of training clients, used to be primarily in person. I was training like 15 clients a week in person and then segued to both online and in person and currently am just online, just working remotely because I'm full-time stay at home with my three boys. So whatever the setup is, whether it was in person or remote, I'll start training a client. <laughs> I will put the plan in motion and a little bit of time, whether it actually is a group program or one-on-one, it's still always a little bit of time. I'm not saying change these 20 things and then let's see what happens. But usually I will start the basics at once. The first week is usually going to be here are the workouts I want you to do. You know, maybe they'll get all of them done. Maybe they won't the first week. But usually that's the bones of it. We put in the workouts. We either start tracking macros or I give them a couple guidelines to start eating intuitively. I'll say, let's look at breakfast first or let's look at just getting a protein at every meal. Whatever. It totally depends on the person, the situation, what we need to work on, etc. So we'll put the bones in place. Usually not even all the all of the bones and ones. It's like we've got two of the scaffolds up and we need all four up, but we're easing in, right? It's been five days and they don't see any progress and they text me or email me like, oh my gosh, I don't feel any differently or I feel super bloated. I don't know what's happening, but I think you're making me eat way too much. I feel really bloated. <laughs> or then two weeks goes by and now they're just ticked off and they're like, I am up four pounds and this is not working. I don't like this. I'm going back to what I did before, which is eating 1,200 calories every day. And I'm embellishing this a little bit, but really not even a lot. And if you worked with me before and you literally think I'm talking about you, I, I'm not kidding when I say that's 90% of the women I've worked with over the last 10 years. And it's myself too. It's like there's memes made about this, ladies. Like eats a salad, checks for abs, like eats healthy for two days. Why am I not skinny yet? You know, these are things that we joke about because it is a commonality. A lot of us do this. So whatever the plan is, and I do think that my regimen is the most sustainable and least restrictive for women, especially busy moms, because when you're when you are tracking your macros or eating intuitively in this way, where it's 80% whole clean foods, 20% treats, nothing's off the table. There's never a time where you have to say, oh, I can't have the X amount of diet or oh, I can't go to brunch because I can't eat till noon, all these things. Like there's other things can work, absolutely. But I think that, you know, they only work until you stop using them. 
And the way that I promote eating, you can do forever more. I've done through pregnancies. I've done through postpartum, you know, that kind of thing. So even specifically talking about the way that I do things today, it's not automatic. It's not overnight. Some of those quick fixes are a little bit more automatic, a little, you know, more overnight. So if you are coming from that world, I can see how it's disappointing to be like two weeks in and be like, I didn't lose 10 pounds. However, doing it this way, the smart way, putting the bones in place, getting that building up with a strong foundation, it needs time to work. Okay. But here's a really important asterisk and caveat here. You can't just assume that something's going to work after time passes if you're not actually adhering to it. So even if I buffer you in the first week and it's like, okay, we've got workouts going and I say, just start hitting your protein target, right? If already week one, you don't hit your protein target any days and you do like one workout out of five, you can't come back to me after a week and say, this isn't working. Like, no Shock, Sherlock. <laughs> Do you like that substitution? Um, seriously, I've made this analogy before and joked around that it's literally like me calling my spectrum cable guy, which I hate my cable. It goes out all the time. Uh, or actually my, my Wi-Fi. We don't even have cable. I meant the Wi-Fi. But it's like me calling and being like, hey, can you reset the router? And they're like, yeah, do this step, do this step, do this step. And they give me four steps. And then I call them back and I'm like, that didn't work. And I'm like, did you do four steps? Like, no, I did one. Then I skipped to three and then I just stopped. Like, <laughs> okay, well, no wonder the internet's still out. And that's truly how it is. So the big caveat is you have to also be doing the program, right? No, very rarely is anybody 100%. So of course, there's variance there and we fall, we pick up, we move forward. It's not about perfection. But you, you want to be like 90% accuracy on the program and then expect to see results. Because I do get both ends of the spectrum. I get the people who do steps one, half of three, don't really adhere to it and then say I'm not seeing results. And maybe it even has been a month and they say I'm not seeing results. Right, because you're not doing it. <laughs> you're not doing what the plan is. And they'll say, I don't think tracking macros works. I'm just going to go back to eating 1,200 calories every day because that worked. No, tracking macros does work when you're doing it. You know what I mean? You're not tracking macros right now. That's probably my biggest bone of contention is when people say tracking macros doesn't work when they haven't successfully done it. If you log your food three days out of seven and you didn't even hit your targets, that's not tracking macros. So stop giving tracking macros a bad rap if that's you listening that you <laughs> don't really do it. Um, and I'm not, again, shaming you. I have done that too where I'm like, okay, Brittany, you're really going to log, you're really going to track. And then I don't or I do for two days. But I'm just saying I, I wouldn't say that it didn't work. You know what I mean? I'm not going to call my Wi-Fi person and say your instructions didn't work. They're going to say no. It was a user error. I gave the proper instructions. So there are those people who are not doing it. But then on the other side, there are also clients I've worked with who do have the plan in place, but are absolutely driving themselves crazy trying to track their progress. You need time to let the plan work. And sometimes we're actually causing a lot more damage to our own progress by hovering because it's so emotional. It's so, it messes with our emotions and can drive us to make actually more poor decisions. Like maybe we were actually following the plan and we were doing great at it, but then we hop on the scale and we see that we're actually up two pounds. And then it's like, well, I've been eating salads all week and I'm up two pounds, so I might as well 
just eat the pint of ice cream that's in the freezer because this isn't working. Then we eat the pint of freeze of ice cream. And then, yeah, we don't see any other change because it, like we didn't give it time to there's going to be a fluctuation. I advise clients in group settings and one on one to only weigh in once a month because the fluctuations are crazy, guys. Like I will do it sometimes just to show clients. I'll take a picture of the scale for like five days in a row to show them my own fluctuation. Maybe that'd be helpful to do on social or something here or in an email list email so you can show that it. I can put my money where my mouth is. That it's really true. Like I will hop on and I will be, you know, five pounds heavier by the end of the day because I've been eating all day, drinking water all day. But there's also just variations in the day to day according to what you're eating, your movement, if you're retaining water, like what time of the month it is. So once a month gives a much, you know, bigger picture view of it. But my main point here, because I have talked about that a little bit, like the number on the scale or even but even checking like pant size, if how. Like the non-scale indicators that I will tell people to check for, sometimes we're just like hovering over it, okay? What I want you to do, this is the takeaway from today. Get a plan, whether it's with me and the Chasing Greatness group. If you have already done my eight-week beginner challenge, then the Chasing Greatness group is very strategic workouts that are brand new each month that are tailored to a specific challenge. So in May... We're doing an abs challenge in June. I can't tell you what we're doing yet, but I'll let you know via email if you want to do it <laughs> um, and come sign up. But whether it's that plan or it's an individualized plan, maybe I'm working with you one-on-one, or you're well-versed enough to make your own plan for maybe applying some of the things we've talked about on the podcast or you've worked with a trainer in the past. A lot of you listen who have worked with me in the past and I've kind of taught you how to do this yourself. Whatever it is, you need a plan. You can't just randomly pick Instagram and YouTube workouts and hope that it all shakes out because it's not going to. You need a set plan that's going to be tailored to you that then you work. So step one, get a plan. Step two, work the plan. If you say you're going to track your macros, track your macros. If you miss a day, not going to be the end of the world. But doing something for two days and then stopping because you didn't think it worked is going to get you absolutely nowhere. So number one, get the plan. Number two, work the plan. Number three, see the results. So (laughs) while you're in the work the plan stage, stop checking if it's working. What I'm not telling you to do with this, what most people do, and this is why it fails, is they get the plan, do part of the plan, check if it's working, try something else, and then complain that the plan didn't work, <laughs> okay? And seriously, it sounds silly, but a lot of us are, have done it. Like a lot of you are probably kind of laughing along with this, being like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. I like say, okay, I'm going to do this now and I'm going to do it for a month. And then you get a couple days in and you're like, okay, well, I'll just eat everything in the house so that I can start again on Monday. And you start on Monday, you hop on the scale Wednesday to see if that was working. Then you're like, oh, maybe I should just do cardio because these strength workouts aren't working. And you're just like bouncing all over the place. And I've talked about this before in regards to like skincare or anything else. There's a lot of things that take time. And I went to the dermatologist when I was in high school because I had terrible skin. And I remember being super frustrated and being like, okay, this isn't working. Can you please just give me something else? Like you've tried it for a week. Like It needs to be in your system. Your skin needs to be used to it. Like same thing here. If you've got the plan in place, and that's what I will say to people, like if you know you are doing it like 90 to 100%, you're at least at 90%, just give it time to work, right? 
Stop hovering and literally get a hobby. There are so many times, this is why I love the podcast, because there are so many times I've worked with people one-on-one where I have just not found a polite way to say get a hobby. And that's what I want to say. Like you are doing the right things. Your bones are in place. Like all your scaffolds are in place for this house. You literally just need to go worry about something else. Go volunteer your time somewhere. Take up a new hobby. Like distract yourself with something unrelated to food. And you're going to do yourself such a favor because when we're so focused on it, that's like, it's like if I tell you, like, don't think about squirrels. Whatever you do for the next 30 seconds, do not think about squirrels. Guess what? You're probably thinking about squirrels and you were not thinking about squirrels 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Such a stupid analogy. I don't even know. What th- that wasn't even an analogy. I don't know what that was. But you see what I mean? Like, for example, okay, when I am home all day and I'm real close to food, If I have just one thought about like chocolate chips, I'm like, I'm going to get up and grab a handful of chocolate chips because I'm in the house. It's close. It's convenient. If I am outside in the driveway with the kids or riding their bikes, I'm putzing around in the garden, I'm doing different stuff. I'm not worrying about food or if it can fit in my macros or if I can have a treat right now. Like, yeah, maybe I'll come in, be hungry, like drink water, eat the food that I had planned for a meal and then maybe I'll have a craving later but it's like I was doing something else I was busy living my life instead of hyper focusing on food and it sounds silly but I have said this to clients before and it's just so true and maybe I've said it to you maybe I have not if you really want to see success in fat loss or maintaining fat loss you are going to need to find joy in something outside of food. And that's just the truth. If you find all of your joy, comfort, solace, like if food is your end-all be-all, it's what you, you know, it's truly one of the highest enjoyments of your life, you are probably always going to struggle a little bit with being a healthy body fat or, or body weight. Now, 100% have to disclaimer this because I do think that food is a lot of things. Food is comforting. Food is bonding. Food is tradition. Like there's so much. It's nourishment. It should be all these beautiful things. But a lot of times we are like misusing that. Like what I'm talking about is you had a bad day and you run to the comfort of food to immediately give you some dopamine to get that dopamine response to feel better about something going on. You know, we call that emotional eating, right? That we are turning to food with our emotions, whether we're sad or stressed or lonely or unhappy or whatever. That is very different. That's what I'm talking about. Um, We can't, if we can't like find a way to focus on other things, we're always going to struggle on that. But same way if we make it like the end all be all on the, on the positive end, because I've, I've dealt with this too, where it's like people, clients, ladies, whoever that I've worked with or myself, like I've definitely used to be like this, where it was like, OK, this event's coming up. Oh, the food around it. And everything was about the food. Like, am I going to eat this? Am I not? Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, like it's girls night. There's going to be treats like I don't know what to do. We need to focus on other things. <laughs> so whether if that is like a, the girls night, focus on who's going to be there. Focus on the conversation. Focus on the socializing. Like you need to be able to find fun and excitement and whatever outside of food 
because sometimes it, it just like if you by all means if you're a foodie and you're a great chef and you have all the resources in the world to spend your money on high quality foods that you can make also taste delicious and that you truly enjoy every morsel that goes into your mouth a thousand percent I'm so happy for you that's amazing <laughs> okay however most of us that's not the case for most of us we need to look at food as fuel majority of the time and then food can be all the other things comfort bonding traditions whatever like for a small percentage of the time. I'm eating turkey meatballs at 9 a.m. sometimes because I know I just need protein. I don't have anything else around. So I grab that leftover out of the fridge before I'm on my way to a play date. Okay, that's the reality. Yes, I would love, I love cooking and I find enjoyment in it. And I do find enjoyment in food in, you know, hopefully a proper order. I would love to sit down to like a beautiful omelet with fresh herbs on it. But for me, that's just not something I'm prioritizing doing. So I need to find my joy and my whatever else in other things. I hope this is making sense because I I feel like I came out a little bit. It seemed like I was demonizing like finding joy in food and and I'm not. Food is a source of joy, but it cannot be your obsession end all be all. And the way that I'm talking about it is more when I hear clients say like, well, I just have to go out to dinner and I have to get this food and I I have to get dessert and I, you know, oh, but somebody brought in donuts and I love donuts. Like, okay, do you love donuts or do you love feeling comfortable in your body and not in pain when you walk up the stairs more? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I really hope I made that distinction. And there's a whole nother rabbit hole you can go down about, which I really should do a podcast about. Um, it's a hard one to to cover, but about body image and, and things like that because Again, what I am not saying is that you should, you know, only enjoy indulgence foods if you are at a good, you know, body fat or whatever. That's not, it's also a thing I'm not going down today because so many people are at a healthy body fat or at a healthy weight and still feel like they can't enjoy quote unquote bad foods or indulgent foods because they still aren't comfortable with the way their body looks. Not what I'm talking about. I am talking about for those who are trying to, who who it would be healthy for to lose fat. Um, You know, we need to just work the plan. Stop looking outside to other resources or other things. Stop hovering over ourselves, checking progress. Like put something else on your radar. Literally try to learn a new skill make friend dates or play dates or whatever you have to do to if you literally need to fill I've said literally a lot of times on this podcast I'm sorry (laughs) it just bothered me the second last time I said it and then I just said it again but another thing that I really wanted to tell clients which is funny is not only the get a hobby thing like okay you have the plan in place you're working the plan now focus on something else stop focusing on food stop focusing on working out but just do what the plan is you know what I mean just autopilot it like you would do your dental hygiene. Like you don't need to absolutely hyper-focus on brushing and flossing your teeth. You just need to do it. You just need to already have that plan in place. However, if you're not doing it, then yeah, you are going to have poor dental hygiene. You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, so plan's in place. You are working it. Distract yourself with something else. But another thing that this, again, could be another whole podcast episode that I have wanted to say to, to clients is like you might be trying to fill a hole that a Jesus size hole and as corny 
as that sounds because I have no better way to say it. I have wanted to say that to clients so many times where it's like, but I'm still unhappy, but this, but that. And I'm like, you you need Jesus. I just held myself back from saying literally again. But a lot of times, and, and that's great. Like I will work with, and a lot of you listening are probably not practicing a religion currently or not practicing Catholicism as I do, whatever. I've worked with people all over the place. I'm still working with people all over the place, you know, religion-wise, and that's awesome. I love that. I'm not trying to only work with Catholic stay-at-home moms. That is primarily the people that find me, but I am very much open to working with any females who are not moms yet or not of my religion, et cetera. But I've worked with some clients that I just want to say, you are chasing what you're not going to find in being a size four or in being super fit and in shape and super strong and super lean. You're chasing something else. So my advice to you and my takeaway from this podcast today is if you need Jesus, find Jesus. If you've got Jesus, go find a hobby. Put the plan in place and just work the plan. It does need to be an effective plan, though. That's such an important pillar. It needs to be an effective plan that you're actually doing. You're actually adhering to it. And then just let it go. Go with God. Focus on other things. Stop hovering and saying, it's been, you know, two weeks and I haven't lost an inch. Okay, we'll give it some time and focus on something else because you're also going to notice for like majority of us and definitely for myself, when I actually do this and I apply this, my cravings start going away. My, I'm not battling these things. As, I'm not having thoughts of chocolate chips popping into my head. I'm busy and engrossed in what I'm doing. I'm I'm lit up by something else. I'm passionate about something else. So truly, maybe that is what you need to do is find something that you could get lost in for hours and food wouldn't even cross your mind. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Taking food out and exercise and all of that just out of like the forefront of your mind, just work the plan and then let it go to the background. Okay? <laughs> I, I feel the need to keep saying the same things just in different ways, but maybe it's hitting you different. I don't know. I'm going to cut myself off there because sometimes I think I just need a cutoff point. Um, Someone here just to like give me the little ex-nay little hand at the throat, like cut it, Brittany, you're done. Your message was received. Um, As always, I would love to hear from you if my message was received or if not, or if it's still a little murky needs hanging out in drafts still. Um, you can shoot me an email. If it mom to the at gmail.com, you can also message me over on Instagram. That is the next best spot. Facebook messages tend to get lost in the vortex. So uh, yeah, email or Instagram. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you so much. And if you have a second and have not left a podcast review, I would love if you would do that as well. All right, ladies, thank you. And until next time, have a great rest of your day.